Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Raziel and I am the host of the show where I get to have conversations with Olympic athletes, hopefuls, and legends on their story and path to the games. Today, we have Olympic athlete Shantae McMillan, McMillan, USA Track and Field 2020 Olympian. Uh, This was such a fun conversation getting to learn who Shantae is and how she does what she does. Obviously, getting into her background, getting into heptathlon a little bit, and really understanding what she's going through now, still trying to make the games in 2020 after her first appearance in 2012 is a very tall task but after listening to her speak i am very grateful i had the opportunity especially when she does make the games i can say i remember when when she makes the games for a second time let's put that so please make sure you enjoy this episode one more time shante mcmillan all right today special guest shante mcmillan usa track and field heptathlete 2012 Olympian, born May 1st, 1988, grew up in Tennessee, Texas, and Missouri, started competing in track in eighth grade because her grade school lost her soccer team. So I'm really curious and really want to hear about that. Uh, She attended Rolla High School in Rolla, Missouri, where she was an All-American in the long jump, went to the University of Nebraska to be a Cornhusker, where she won four Big 12 championships, set two school records, and graduated as the most accomplished heptathlete in Nebraska Cornhusker history. Shantae competed at the 2012 Olympic trials where she placed third and qualified for the Olympic Games and was featured on the 2015 cover of ESPN The Body Issue. Shantae, thanks for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. No problemo. No problemo. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, let's just, let's jump right into it. I mean, grew, you were born, where were you born and then go from there? Yeah. Easy I'm born in Fort story. Campbell, Kentucky. Well, it's actually like halfway on Kentucky, halfway on Tennessee. So I literally put both states on every document. So I have no idea what I put on my last document. So I say Kentucky right now. <laughs> Rolling with it. You didn't even tell me Kentucky when, um, when I asked. So exactly. that's perfect. I love it. I love it. We're really throwing, <laughs> throwing me for a loop. So now I'm all befuddled and confused. But I'll let you continue to go. So you grew up, um, I'm for, I apologize for what was it? Fort Campbell. Spent Fort the Campbell. First, uh, eight years of my life there and then moved to te- te- Texas after that. <laughs> love it. And where, where about in Texas? San Antonio area, Fort Sam Houston. Okay. Very nice. So are you a big Spurs fan? Um, I went to a game when I was there, but I'm not, I'm not really in the NBA. It's like, they only try when playoffs come. Yeah. I don't offend anyone when I say that, but (laughs) that's what I see. (laughs) Hey, uh, basketball players are Olympians too. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw shade at anybody, but I'm just saying, um, I do the exact same thing. I don't care about the regular (laughs) season when the playoffs come, I'll watch every game. Um, so from, you went from. Kentucky to Tennessee to Kentucky to Tennessee to no I'm kidding and then to Texas and then you made your way to Missouri and I know originally when you and I spoke that's kind of what you consider your your home I guess I mean obviously with high school being there that's a big big portion of your life so is you're in Missouri currently as well you bought your house and you're all good you got all that stuff figured out the house is in Alabama no your house is yeah okay geez okay so now we can add Alabama to that list that's gonna be fun we'll get to that later though um so so growing up obviously again going to I'm gonna have to say it Rolla high school in Rolla Missouri um well, first, actually, eighth grade. Where was eighth grade? Was that in Missouri as well? It was in Missouri. Okay, yeah. please tell me the story about how... We didn't lose our soccer team. We just didn't have soccer available that year for some reason. I that don't sounds know like it you lost available. it. That, exactly. Okay. That sounds like you lost it. I'm sorry. Like that just... <laughs> either not enough people signed up, the soccer coach said, I'm out. Like, I, I'm really curious. Really, it's okay. It's okay. So, All so right. Maybe I don't know the whole story. <laughs> I'm sure I could do a little more digging for my next time when I do this. But, um, so, so tell us, like, 
what's the thought process of 13 year old Shantae? It's like, oh, okay, no soccer, I guess. Let's go run around some more circles. with yeah. no ball this time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We just had, we needed something to do as a group of girls. So we did soccer all together and I was good at it. Sat down with my mom for the next season going into my freshman year, obviously. And it's like soccer or track because they're both the same season going into high school. And I was good at track. So I decided to leave all my friends to soccer and went and did track by myself. Did any of your friends make it to the Olympics for soccer? No. Yeah, I guess you did that. No, I'm kidding. I'm sure your friends are great, and I'm sure they're good people. I'm just kidding. Um, but isn't that crazy? I mean, sincerely, every single one of these I do, um, there is always that kind of story where it's just like some weird thing happens when you're really yeah. young, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, it turns out I'm pretty good at this. Let's just see yeah. what happens. You continue yeah. to do it. I mean, there's so many opportunities to be like, wait, no, soccer's way more fun. Wait, all my friends are, you know, in soccer. Like, tell a 14-year-old girl or guy, for that matter, going into high school is like, no, don't yeah. don't hang out with your friends. Go go try and meet new people. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And you did it. And uh, again, you made the right decision. I mean, that's just crazy. At what yeah. point did you realize like, hey, I actually am pretty good at this? I mean, you said that, I guess, going into, going into high school. but Yeah, I realized it when I, I – had the high school record as an eighth grader whoa uh, in long jump yeah that yeah, whatever sport it was that's incredible that's yeah. incredible so my yeah the high school coach was like uh you have to do track obviously duh and my mom was kind of like that too but she wanted me to make the, the, the decision on my uh -huh. own so i respect her for that <laughs> that is great so i have to assume you never did a long jump before you no, started yeah track. you just run and jump i mean yeah. how hard is it <laughs> <laughs> you tell me Shante, how hard is it? <laughs> it did get harder somehow as i got older though <laughs> isn't that funny how that works so, so like what like, was it your last jump? Was it like this like huge pinnacle moment, final jump of the year for whatever title, this, that, or the other thing, and you made it? Or was it just like some random jump in just like the middle of the season? I was just jumping consistently over 18 feet as an eighth grader, and it was just, duh. Like, eighth graders weren't jumping over 18 feet, especially women. Like, that's what some boys were probably jumping, as I think I remember. And, yeah, just kept jumping further, obviously, when I got to high school. But... It was easy to jump over 18 feet. Yeah. Lucky. Well, I don't believe in luck. That's that fantastic. Lucky me. Well, yeah. fortunate you. Fortunate Shante. It worked out. Um, so then you, you obviously go to high school. As I said, you're a two-time um, All-American in the long jump. Uh, did you do any other sports when you were at, in high school or any other oh, yeah. disciplines within track? Oh, yeah. I did. I fiddled with everything. Um, I sprinted and then I threw shot. Actually, I high jumped. I triple jumped. I ran with relay teams. I ran the 400. I just tried to do a lot. And that's why I was recruited by some schools for the heptathlon because I, I just wrote down all my marks when I got the little recruiting slip in the mail instead of just long and triple jump. And I guess they were impressive enough. And I mean, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. It'd get pretty boring if you just did the same thing over and over and over again, right? I I didn't think that at first because I was like set on long, long jump and triple jump going into college. Even when I got to Nebraska my freshman year, I was like, no, you're not making me a heptathlete because the heptathlete coach actually wanted me to do it from the get-go. And I was like, no, leave me alone. Long and triple jump is all I want to do. And then, well, I can, I don't know. I got hurt triple jumping and then I was like, never going to triple jump again. I was long jump. That was really boring. It got to the point where one event was, just not enticing enough for me. Mm -hmm. So 
Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. Again, doing the same thing over and over again can get yeah. very, very boring. So I can understand that. So out of high school, how many schools were recruiting you after seeing, I mean, obviously, again, you were recruited considering you were a two-time All-American, but at the same time, as you said, there were enough schools that were like, oh, you're good at all of these things. Like, let's mm-hmm. check that out. So what was that, I guess, like? I mean, you were in Missouri at the time, so that's Big 12 country and SEC country now, or was yeah. that, I, that whole alignment still confusing to me. Yeah. Um, so, like, what was that like, and what schools were you potentially considering? Um, most schools were actually recruiting me for long and triple jump. Um, I had Ohio State come, TCU. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, you're you're a Husker now, so you should. I'm a Husker. Yeah, yeah so like worry. now they're in the Big yeah. Ten, so yeah, it works. Yeah, um, those are some of my top ones. LSU, um, just I have the whole box still. Yeah, West Point. I could have went to West Point. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty lot. cool. I mean, clearly, again, you were you were pretty darn good to get recruited by this many schools. So what 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 like why Nebraska? Because you told me before we yep. got on, you said. The reason I went to Nebraska was because it had so many heptathletes, but then you just told me here while on air. So I needed to let everybody yeah. know that I'm not calling you a liar by any stretch. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but you said, obviously, again, like immediately out of the gun, you're like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I just want to do yeah. these. So yeah. I guess the option was given to you either in the beginning or at some point, right? It was when I got there. At, when I was being recruited, it was, it was mentioned, but it wasn't like forced. And then when I went on my recruiting trip, it was like, I was with the other heptathletes that were competing at the time. They were showing me around and I did not enjoy my visit at the time <laughs> because I was with heptathletes, I believe. Um, so yeah, it showed up more so when I got there that they wanted me to be a heptathlete. So it was kind of a bait and switch. Yeah. Okay. But no hard feelings, obviously. Again, it, it worked <laughs> no, out, but it that is, out. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, uh, that, that is actually kind of, I, I mean, I've never been recruited by a college hand up. I'll just say that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is, I guess, not too surprising, but also pretty surprising considering you had so many schools after you. So I guess from their standpoint, it was like, well, let's just tell her we'll give her what she wants and give it to her. Like you could have, yeah. it sounds like that first year you were just long jump and triple jump and they kind of just like poked and prodded it. And then finally, eventually you kind of cracked. So maybe they've done this once or twice in the past, but. Uh, I actually broke down and like asked if I could do the heptathlon. Really? Yeah. Oh, I guess because you got so bored just doing the. That I makes got sense. hurt, right? Okay. Triple jumping. What so happened? Tell me about that. I, so my senior year in high school, I was triple jumping, and I think it was on the skip part, if that even makes sense to you. My ankle, my foot planted and rolled and terrible. The ligament was stretched and never recovered all summer. Um, that was actually the reason I didn't win state uh, my senior year. Mm. I was supposed to go to state in the 100, 200 long jump and triple jump. And I only ended up going in long jump because I was really tough and fought it out (laughs) and did everything I could to go to state. And I still got second. So that's pretty cool. But anyways, I, it didn't heal over the summer and I got to Nebraska and I was doing fall conditioning. It wasn't healed. So I had surgery and then I was able to get back into long jump and triple jump actually going into the um, outdoor season, but I was really terrified, terrified to triple jump. I didn't want to do it again. So I was just long jumping, made it to NCAAs outdoors and long jump. Um, but it wasn't fulfilling. I, I was just looking for something more challenging. So that summer talked to my teammate, she encouraged me to talk to coach and bada bing, bada boom. 
Appreciate it. Let's shout out your teammate because clearly she uh, she helped out a lot yeah. in this. Bryson. Thanks, Stay Bryson. Me. Appreciate yeah. you. Um, so, so then you go and ask to join the team that you were originally kind of asked to join, which is awesome. Yeah. Worked out for everybody. So the heptathlon, let's talk about that a little bit. I have all these written down. I have a hundred, hundred meter hurdles, high jump, shot put, 200 meter sprint, long jump, javelin, 800 meter, yep. um, nice little jog there. Um, to, <laughs> like what, again, as you said, when you, when you sent in your recruiting slip, you kind of just put all your marks on most of these, as you said, when you were in high school, you went to States for, what was it? One, two long triple I, and something else. I was supposed to go to state for those, but yeah, yeah, every yeah. year I went for long and triple jump. Okay. And then yeah. 100 and 200 was your senior year. Yeah, they were going to be, I got hurt. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to, oh, oh, I'm okay. going to, I'm going to the assumption that you qualified and you were going, but. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You were going to go and you were going to crush it. And I yeah. mean, man, you were going to win by so many. It's, exactly. you know, it's a yeah. tragedy. But, <laughs> um, so, so I guess like, obviously you didn't do all of these things. Um, mm-hmm. Javelin and shot put up being way out there. I mean, at least yeah. compared to the rest of them. So what, why heptathlon? I know there's other events that you can do as well, like the decathlon. Why not just add those other two at that point, right? Like, well, women don't do the decathlon. Women don't do the decathlon. Why well, not? We do like now as professionals, but in oh, okay. college, it's oh. men to the deck, and that's kind of stupid. Is it? I, I don't know why. Like, I don't why? want to do the decathlon. Why not? <laughs> I mean, what's what's the other two events? Pole vault. I don't want to pole vault. That sounds like that sounds like the most fun. Yeah. Get out of here. That sounds like a blast. <laughs> of all of them, that sounds like the most enjoyable. But oh, either way, no. hey, it is what it is. As long as you're happy, I'm happy. That's all that matters. Um, <laughs> so I guess, yeah, like what like what about the heptathlon? Was it just there's just so many of them? You couldn't have done just two so. or three? Like I think I'm curious. Just so many events. I don't know. And I'd even I never even did half of the events before. Like hurdles, I never hurdled. I never threw a javelin. I never ran the 800. I guess that's not half, but I never really like threw shot and high jumped that well in high school, mm-hmm. obviously. But I just wanted to learn. It was a big challenge. I guess it was the really the, the biggest challenge I could take on. Oh. Yeah, trying four or five, six new disciplines all at the same yeah. time, I would say, is probably pretty difficult. Um, yeah. I would, I'm going to have to give it to you on that one. So this was – what year was so this was your sophomore year of college yeah. right so that should have been like 2010 ish 2007 yeah my math is bad i graduated high school in 2010 and i'm three years younger than you whatever we don't need to do math people don't want to listen to us do math no, anyway no, no, no. <laughs> um but either way so you started doing this in 07 08 shoot let's call it 06 and six years later, you make it to the Olympics and something. So I think that that's absolutely incredible. Um, at what point did you, I guess, start to catch on with some of these? Like, com- like again, not showing shot put, th- throwing shot put or javelin. How, like, how long, how quick, how difficult was it to finally start picking up? It was actually pretty easy to catch on to javelin, I remember. Um, I think just growing up, like, throwing, playing, playing catch with my dad, that really, that's what I credit for actually knowing how to throw in some matter <laughs> okay and then other events just i mean hurdles is just not just not having any fear that's what hurdles are mm-hmm. and shot put just be powerful throw the thing i don't know i don't know <laughs> 
It's pretty easy, I guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll come down to Alabama once you're all settled. You'll teach me how to do these things and I'll go to the I, I guess I'll it. have to shoot for 2020, yeah. uh, 2024. We're a little late in yeah. the game now, but I mean, yeah. if it's that easy, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just think it's, it's pretty impressive. Like how long, so obviously again, it sounds like it came relatively natural to you. No fear for the hurdles. Running is running, jumping. You've been doing that for a little while. at pretty good, whether it's high, long, medium, slow, whatever we're jumping. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, again, you, you can acknowledge that after six years after learning some of these sports going to the Olympics and something is, is pretty incredible, right? Like that, that's not yeah. like a normal thing to happen. So I'm just kind of curious, right. like, and again, you even then one started winning big 12 championships relatively I, soon after that. Yeah, I think what really helped was not having any bad habits to really have to break through with my college coach. And then even after college going into my next coach, it was just building and building and building that's why i just kept getting better and better at nebraska every year mm -hmm. and then after that even and then so like what what did the coaches now that i'm thinking about it like they essentially recruited you to do heptathlon again without ever seeing you throw a javelin or a shot but right. like yeah. is it is it just physical ability is it just athleticism that they're working off of thinking like hey again she has yeah. no bad habits to break we can pretty much you know, you're, yeah. you're what, you're that piece of granite or, or clay or whatever, and someone can make you into whatever they'd like. I mean, is that essentially what they said after saying, like, yeah, hey, you'd I'm be pretty good at this? Pretty 100% sure that's what my coach saw. And I didn't see that until a year later. <laughs> hey, it worked. And what was yeah. your first, uh, what was your first Big 12 title? Hmm. Because you won four, so I have to assume a couple were indoor and a couple were, were outdoor, indoor. correct? Yeah, so it was probably my junior year. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry. Nobody can hear you whisper anyway. Um, that's, that's still pretty cool. I mean, a year after learning most of these sports and them winning um, you know, major conference titles again. You clearly don't think it's that cool. I think it's pretty darn cool. So we'll, we'll, we'll run with my side of the story because it sounds a lot better. Um, so you're at Nebraska, obviously, for four years. You're competing, you're winning, you're junior, and I'm assuming senior year, a couple times at each, as we said. Set, what are the two school records? Oh, boy. Just to have Tathlon and Pentathlon. But, like, best more. ever? Like, oh, there's yeah. a point system, right? Can Six you explain? Three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you explain the point system for us. <laughs> what do you mean? Six thousand and three doesn't just make sense. <laughs> Unfortunately, Shantae, I'm sorry, it does not. <laughs> no, I I still don't understand the point system. <laughs> every mark, every time for every race is awarded a certain amount of points. And there's a book. Um, I actually bought the book for my mom for Christmas when I was in college, so it could just help her at all my track meets just keep track of the score. It's you just literally look. They have like every second, every meter in the book, and it just scroll, scroll over, and there's an amount of points, and you just that's what you get. And that's it. So it's not even like first place gets this many points, second place gets this many points. I guess then that does that kind of award athletes. So if you're significantly better in one, you're gonna just gain that many more points on it. Like, is that the reason for it? I'm assuming it's it the way it was made is a long time ago, and it did give some the events um an advantage like hurdles and high jump are awarded a lot more points than shot put and javelin so i am i've i've all i was really good at shot and javelin but that didn't weigh as much on my score as hurdles and mm -hmm. high jump so that frustrated me so much because i would kill it in those events and then i wasn't like didn't didn't really benefit but 
Um, yeah, so the running events, the jumping events are weighted heavier than the others. Very interesting. See, yeah. learn something new yeah. every time you listen to this podcast. I love it. <laughs> and I do too. So uh, crushing it, uh, uh, Alabama, crushing it in Nebraska, four titles, two school records, graduated as the most accomplished heptathlete. What did you graduate like school-wise with? What was your major? Education. An art nice. Teacher. Oh, you're going to be a teacher? No. Why not? Shape our youth. We need you. I know. I was just thinking about that the other day, just how poorly our education system is just not paying teachers. But yeah, I have a friend who's too a teacher. monotonous. Yeah. yeah, I have a friend who's a teacher, and I thank him pretty much every time I see him because uh, he's the only one of my friends I would really actually want to be a teacher. <laughs> um, so that's helpful. Uh, but he's also really great at it. And yeah, teachers yeah. don't get paid enough. We don't need to dive down that hole, though. Uh, oh, that's a, that's yeah. for another time, unfortunately. Um, so finish at Nebraska. At what point, either during Nebraska or after, were you like, hey, I want to try this professionally, and hey, I want to try and go to the Olympics? Yeah, it was after USA's 2011 on the airplane ride back. My coach was like, hey, 2012 Olympics? And I was like, what are you oh, doing? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a matter of training another year. And I was like, all right, I'll just keep training. And yeah, that was it. That. So easy decision. Barely yeah. an inconvenience at that point. It's like, shoot, now you just don't have to go to class. Yeah. How cool is that? I guess. Yeah. All right. Great story. <laughs> Thanks for that one. Uh, so in 2012, you did go to the qualifiers. You finished third. Um, yeah. And obviously again in 2012, you did go to the games. I know there was a little bit of stuff. I don't know how the best to say it. Cause I, again, when qualifying, you need the Olympic standard um, to yeah. at least go to the games. Yeah. Then you also have to qualify in the top three, I have to assume. Yeah. So can you just kind of, I guess, explain that process a little bit. So that way when we see you next year, we're like, Oh, this is how she got there. Yeah, yeah. So we need a, there's an A standard and a B standard and you got to get top three. And then, so if you have the A standard and you get top three, then you're fine. But if you have the B standard, there's just weird little stipulations. Like if you have the B standard and the person who got first has the A standard, then I think you still can go, but there's just, it's just funny. You just want to have the A standard when you make the top three and you're okay. So, um, yeah. You know the I, A standard for 2020? No idea. For heptathlon, no. When do you find out? Oh, I'm training for javelin for 2020. Oh, just javelin? Oh, yeah. Why? I'm, I'm too old for the heptathlon. Come on. Don't be like that. Yeah. All right. So what's the, what's the A standard for a javelin? 6150. And what are you at? Mm, not there oh, yet. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. That's fine. Um, okay. Uh, anyway, back to 2012. Uh, so <laughs> you qualified. You did get – did you get the A standard – after or was it before uh, not before yeah yeah because again the the wikipedia article i read online definitely <laughs> said it was after so i'm kind of curious so you go to the qualifiers you get top three and then you I have got to go the standard at trials oh you got the standard at trials yeah so at trials you pretty much found out like you're going to the games you did everything you need to do and you're going to the games what was right. it like seeing the rings come up next to your name that's gotta be pretty cool just crossing the line after the 800 was a memory that will never go anywhere for the rest of my life. Did you, did you know? Yeah. 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 Like at that time you were like, all I have to do is get here and I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Like going into the 800, my coach was like, you just need to run this time and you're on the team. And I was nervous because I, that was going to be a PR. Like I had to run three seconds faster than my, the time I've ever ran before. So I think he told me 217 
and my PR is 220. So I was freaking out. If you see pictures of me like standing on the line with a bunch of girls, that's right before the 800 and I just look like a zombie. I'm so nervous. <laughs> but the announcer though on, on the stadium broadcaster thing, he told me I only had to run like 218 or I don't know what he said, but it was slower than what my coach said. I was like, my coach lied to me. But I understand why he did it, so it's okay. I'm still focused, and I have to run fast. <laughs> and yeah, so I knew what I had to run. And then coming up the the last hundred meters of the 800, you can see the clock in front of you. So just like right when I crossed, I knew that I ran what I needed to run. And I dropped down, hit the ground, and was so happy. That is so cool. Yeah. And all 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 because. Your middle school lost their soccer team. Isn't that incredible? I love it. it like that, it's it's nuts. It's such like a. It's who would have thought? Like seriously, who would have thought? No, that is that is too cool. And congratulations, Shante. That is that is absolutely fantastic. I love it. Um. So then you go to the game. So you're in 2012 London, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. uh, which is kind of nice because you can speak the language very easily. Yeah. I've been to London. Such a cool place. I absolutely loved it. Only thing we didn't do was go to the Harry Potter place because we found out you need to buy tickets like two months in advance. So we kind of oh. screwed that one up. I would do it again, though. I would definitely do yeah. it again. Um, tell us, I mean, what was that like? I mean, the whole, the whole process and everything. I mean, I know you get there a little earlier, obviously, you know, the opening yeah. ceremonies, just tell us about the whole experience outside of the actual competition. What, uh, yeah. tell us a little bit about the experience. Did you get a picture with Kobe any chance? I did. Yeah. Nice. Jealous. Yeah. I got pictures with everybody. It was fun. Oh uh, yeah. We got there a couple of weeks earlier, went to Birmingham and stayed there for our uh, USA team camp. And then went down to the village the village is really cool. I really appreciate the cafeteria, not because I love food, but just because of how big it was. I swear it was a couple football fields large, and then like it had enough like every food category for the countries that were competing there. So like Middle Eastern food, food from London, but it was really bland. Yeah, I didn't really <laughs> like the food in London. Yeah, and then your American food, and then they had McDonald's in that corner, of course, and. Yeah, I just really appreciated the variety of foods there. And then the fact that every country is like literally eating together and you go in and you hear so many different languages just right next to you on the table or walking through to get your own food I, is really cool. That and is awesome. Opening ceremonies, I love the fact that you're walking and people are in the stands holding American flags and you just feel connected with them. Like you're both there. Well, I'm going to compete and they're going to support me. So it's we're both there for the same reason. Yeah, for essentially the same reason. <laughs> yeah, for America. <laughs> and then competing, just walking out uh, for hurdles, first event, you see all these fans, and they're literally there for the heptathlon. No event was going on at that time, and I'd never had that many fans in the stands for the heptathlon because we always start at a really weird time, and it's just our family members in the stands competing for us. So. It was amazing, and just being with the best heptathletes in the world, I'm competing with the best in the world. It's, I love that. That is incredible. When, at what point did it finally hit you? Because I've spoken with a lot of athletes, and one of them was like, yeah, it hit me when I heard the gun go off. Or one of them, you know, like, it's been a whole range. One was when I just saw the, the rings come up. Another was on the plane right over. So when did it finally hit you? You're Okay, I'm representing my country in the greatest sporting event ever. That's got to be one of the coolest feelings. At what point were you kind yeah. of just like, 
whoa. Yeah, I think it was before I even got there. When I was back in my home in Ohio, I was training in Ohio at the time between trials and going to, over to England. Um, I was in my bathroom and I had this sticky note it, that I could see every single day. It said, did you get closer to your goal? And I did. Like, I made it. Like, <laughs> I made it after we didn't even talk about um, I blew out my patellar tendon in August 2011 and only had nine months to make the like get better and make the team so I did it after all of that and that was that's that's kind of what I even that's what I go back to today as to how focused I need to be how determined I need to be how what things are associated or not associated but in my life at the time of my training for something important and I mean it's changed a lot since I with I mean growing up obviously but that's what I always fall back to as my focus, like how determined I was and yeah, you get it. That's incredible. I mean, the patella is now like the worst thing that and Achilles are like the two worst yeah. things uh, you People could possibly do. No. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, those are like the two that are kind of like not career ending, but like uh, pretty but much career ending, ending yeah. at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so congratulations on um, recovering from that. And again, getting to where you've, you've gone. And I mean, again, you know, like with, as you said, you're competing against the best athletes in the world. And I'm sure you've competed against some of them in certain competitions. I know the NCAA system, you, they do, mm -hmm. there's some foreign yeah. athletes that do come through, of course. But what, like, did did you treat it as just like, hey, I've done this event only 100,000 times in my life, whatever that number is? Yeah. Or, or did you kind of try and feed off that emotion and that adrenaline, the more adrenaline knowing like this is the biggest event that I've ever been to. As you even said, like you've never seen that many people <laughs> in the stands for the heptathlon before. So, so how did you kind of manage your emotions during that instance, considering again, oh, like yeah. billions yeah. of people are watching Shantae, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I went in like, it was another track meet. I was focused. I went there to compete. I, wanted to leave everything out there on the track and with that said i i did not leave everything out there on the track in my in the last event the 800 there because we had like whenever you're in um europe you're the heptathlon's broken up differently than in the u.s like here we do four events three events next like the next day three events so it's straight through four events the first day then break and over there we did two events break two events and then the next day we did two events break and then one event. And in between that break, I got sick. I, I took a nap, like everybody took a nap. So I was like, oh, I'll take a nap. Everybody's doing it. So I took a nap, woke up just like freezing and then sweating. And then my head oh. was pounding and I guess I got like the village flu or whatever. And then my shin was hurting, like whenever I, I warmed up for the 800 I didn't warm up for the 800 I 100% didn't warm up I tried to jog and my head was like boom 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 and I couldn't communicate with my coach because this is my first international competition ever and I didn't know what I was doing for communication and we had like whatsapp and it didn't I don't know I just never been an international meet I didn't know what to expect so or how to communicate so I couldn't tell him I was sick going into the 800 and I couldn't get that like encouragement or whatnot from him to help me get through the 800 the best I could. So I was, I felt on my own and I, I ran it. I went out hard the first like 300 meters and I just fell apart and I was like miserable. I let, I guess I let my mind 
take over and just like let all that pain seep in and it was a hot mess but Mm -hmm. it started out good I was I was happy with how I started the heptathlon at the Olympics and you finished I finished yeah I was not gonna not finish I was gonna say at that point you're already pretty much there I mean I'm sure the 800 is I mean my math says it's the longest run, um, yeah. which stinks, but you got to do it. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, so yeah. that's incredible though. Thank you. I would probably not have made it. So that's why you do what you do. And <laughs> I'm going to sit over here on the other side of the computer. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's congratulations. So did you then just try and immediately leave? Did you try and, cause again, being there, you're, there's only, you know, not everybody gets to go to one games. Um, so, you know, trying to soak yeah. in that experience. So what did you just go to the, hospital hopefully get some medication feel better and hang out or hospital i took some medic medicine and rested up and i got some x-rays on my shins i had um a stress fracture or something in my shin as well and i was just in my bed like dark and yeah i I think it took at least a day and a half or two days for me to like get going again but i still Mm -hmm. i had some time over there to um be a tourist after yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, what other what other competitions did you go try and check out, and what other events were you trying to, you know, maybe I, maybe peek in on? Yeah, I saw gymnastics. Um, I saw swimming. I saw. I didn't see volleyball. I wanted to go see volleyball, but that's all. I didn't. Yeah. One thing my coach taught me was not to expend my energy before, and a lot of the things were before I even competed. Like mm-hmm. I was really towards the end of the whole event or the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. So, you know that that little to, that little event in London yeah. one day. <laughs> I didn't want to expend my energy with highs and lows cheering for other people. Respect. Got to yeah. do. Got to do what you came there to do, right? Yeah. That's why. Uh, that's why you got you got to go, and nobody else did. Well, two other people did, but yeah. congratulations. <laughs> um, so after the games, I'm assuming you're riding this incredible high. Obviously, that would have been so so fun, so incredible. Okay. What were those next? I guess what was that next few months, next few years like? Not to kind of shorten your story, obviously, but like what was going on in that time? I know in 2015 you had the body issue, but you know what was what were those next? I guess couple months, couple yeah. years like. The next couple months were cool. I I felt like I enjoyed life, and then cool a couple of years, like I kind of fell off mentally. I'd say. But it's hard to stay focused for four years. Yeah. Um, we can all say that, I'm sure. But I should have been more focused. And I tried to change up my um, my training regimen, um, try a different plan and program, and it just didn't work out for me. So I called up my coach like two years after the 2012. I called my coach who got me to 2012, and I was like, I need to come back. Please take me back. <laughs> And he agreed, let me come back, and we got back on the right path of training. And um, 15 was good, and then 16 was good, too. And I was just happy to be back with him in Ohio. Why did you try and change it up? I thought, so for all those years in college and after for that year, I had one coach for the heptathlon, and I thought maybe I'd go try to have – different coaches for different disciplines mm-hmm. and see if that would be better. Like, Oh, I have a specific throws coach. Of course I'm going to be good. At, but it was kind of all over. It was too all over the place for me. Mm-hmm. And um, something wasn't firing correctly. Like my hips or glutes ended up like being all out of whack. And I just got, we just got everything back going. In 15. Mm-hmm. 
Heck yeah. And then, yeah, obviously, again, 15 year cover of the body issue. That's pretty darn cool. I mean, yeah. what is that like? Like, what's the, what are those shoots like? What are the, what's that experience like? Cause that's just such a cool opportunity. That's I cool. mean, that's just like so interesting. <laughs> I remember getting the email. I was, I was just driving and I saw the email <laughs> and I immediately called my mom and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, what? And I was like, tell dad. He's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then I called my best friend and I, I don't know. I thought it was a fake email at first, but yeah. it was legit. <laughs> I could see that being uh, kind of a scam in one way yeah, or another. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, it worked out, thankfully. Yeah. Um, that is so, just so cool. Like, what is that process like? Do you apply? Do the, does someone no, reach out to like, you? or like? Found me, yeah. Uh, that's why I said the email looked fake, but they found me and emailed me and I emailed them back, obviously super quick. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> and yeah, there's no doubt because somehow it was on my bucket list and I, I forgot even about it. And I was like, wow, this is really happening. I'm marking something off my bucket list. Another thing actually. <laughs> so yeah. And then we, they flew me to uh, San Diego and I drove two hours east of San Diego into the dunes area. And then it was just me out in the middle of the sand dunes, like running around naked. <laughs> that sounds like fun. I'm not going to lie. That definitely sounds like a lot of fun. My feet did get hot though. That Ooh. sand, I mean, we got up the, got out there like 5 a.m. And that sand got hot by like 8, I think. It was mm -hmm. crazy. That is still so cool though. And, and then you're one of the six covers, right? Because they have yeah. different covers for different regions. Yeah. I mean, what, like, is that picked on a certain criteria or is it just like, hey, Shante, you I won the cover? I think it was just picked on just like what the photographer caught. Mm -hmm. It was like really cool. I mean, they legit set up a trampoline out in the middle of the desert and that's how we got that shot. It was, that's so cool. It, it was fun. That is yeah. too cool. Congratulations yeah. on that. Um, that is just very interesting. So. 2015 you're back I mean you're back in full you're back with your old coach you're firing on all yeah. cylinders you got the body yeah. issue 2016 um mm -hmm. again we have to go to Olympic trials you made that yeah. um and you even set a personal best while at Olympic trials yeah and this is we're yeah. still in the we're still in the heptathlon right yeah yes, yes. Still um still heptathlon you set a personal best but you do not qualify for the games yeah what yeah. is that like i mean knowing that you literally did the best you've ever done in your entire yeah. life um <laughs> and i i mean i don't mean to be morbid or like but like no, it's no, part no, of your yeah. story man like i think yeah. it's a really important part too like what's like what is that like um i was i was still smiling after it all it was, it was hey cool. pr is a pr man like yeah. that's incredible yeah there's just a lot of competition good competition and i respect those three girls that beat me and but i mean i was like I said, I was still smiling. I was happy. I got a PR. I hugged my coach afterwards and I actually lost my dad in 15. So like my coach made me cry. He was like, mm -hmm. I know your dad's like watching. I broke down like all these tears. I was happy, but sad at the same time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was, I was happy. Like that's just happy. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like you put it all out there, um, which did. is really all you can ask for. I mean, someone else is going to beat you. I mean, you might as well be yeah. at your best. So congratulations yeah. again, selling a personal best and you know, it, it stinks, but um, were you then named an alternate? I have to assume if you're the fourth person or. Um, no, I think I got fifth. Oh, you got fifth. Oh yeah. And 
So then you don't like one of the girls that beat you, it sounds like. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We don't have to name names, though, don't worry. Not going to call them out on here, unless you want to, and then I can get their side of the story. That'd be really interesting. No, so, um, yeah, unfortunately, you do not make the 2016 Olympic Games. What what then goes through your head at that point? I mean, again, doing the best you've ever done, not making the Olympics, as you even said, it's very difficult to stay focused for four more years. Um, So then what, 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 what's going through your head at that time? And what, like, I guess you ultimately end up doing? Um, I went on and competed two more times in the heptathlon that year. After that, um, I didn't do any better. Um, I was on track to do really well at the next one, but I messed up mentally in the 800. (laughs) Oops. Um, But after that last heptathlon, I was like, I think I'm done as a track athlete. But then I wasn't. So I was like, I want to see how far I can go in javelin. I've always loved javelin. It came easy when I first started learning it, and now I can just focus on one event. Um, I think there's still a lot of potential there to tap into. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah, as long as you're still doing something you really like, I mean, why the heck not? Do you ever just go out and see how far you can jump just for fun every once in a while? No, no. (laughs) Okay, cool. That's fine. Just curious. I did high jump last last spring at my when I was helping out the high school kids I was like Uh, this and I was like let's not do that (laughs) never mind you guys you guys keep doing that that is too funny well congratulations so I know obviously again oh you also had a baby in the last couple years yeah you want to tell us about your baby in a few weeks oh my goodness happy birthday what's your baby's name Otto Otto yeah love it happy birthday Otto yeah when's his birthday if you don't mind October 1st oh Nice, nice, nice yeah. fall. Get into the act. What's he going to be for Halloween? I don't know. I got to figure that out. Well, you only got a couple. Well, I guess you have like seven weeks, but whatever. You only have a couple <laughs> more weeks. Let's let's just say it like that. That's fine. That's fine. Um, so then, so you wanted to continue doing javelin. Was that was that a decision you made immediately after you're like, hey, I don't want to do heptathlon, but I still want to do something, and I've always liked javelin. Or was it like, hey, let's take some time off and hang out, and then you got back yeah, into it? I actually took time off, hung out and explored bobsled and skeleton. Awesome. Yeah. And then I found out that wasn't for me either, but actually I didn't get the chance to like fully do skeleton. Mm -hmm. I got to be um, the push athlete in bobsled. And then I actually drove a bobsled out in um, park city and that was cool. Mm -hmm. It was really cool, but I still, I would love to get on a skeleton sled and go down maybe someday. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> you might as well try i know that'd yeah. be pretty cool i know <laughs> i have i have a couple interviews with some skeletoners so go back and listen oh, to those because yeah. they're definitely very interesting definitely okay. very very interesting what's your shot so you go you, you know experimenting getting your college phase i guess a little bit yeah um <laughs> find out that it's not for you at least you yeah. tried it right um yeah. and then is that when you were just like well i still need to do something like i want to continue um, to be an athlete like what like that was the winter and then I figured in the spring I'd still have time to do track. So I was like, I'll just do javelin in the spring and and then I yeah, I figured out I didn't want to do bobsled and mm-hmm. whatnot and just really the last year and the so the year before last year I was like focused on javelin, but I was pregnant and I had to cut my season short and then this past season I was doing more so with javelin and then this year's like legit now mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. yeah and what so uh, again obviously with with having a baby in that process as you said you had to cut your season short was that like a 
without getting super professional, but like, was that like a really big decision and understanding like, Hey, like we kind of want to slash have to do this now, you know, I'll put my athletic career on the side. Like it's unfortunate. It just, that's just kind of how biology works, I guess. Right. Um, but like, so what, what were some of the decisions and I guess making, what were some of the conversations and making that decision? He Otto was a happy surprise. Hey, congratulations. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, welcome surprise. That's what my parents always told me. I was like, welcome surprise. And I mean, looking at it, like right when he, when I was like, wow, I'm pregnant. It was just like, this is like perfect timing actually. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it was really awesome. Yeah. That is, and congratulations. Um, yeah. And if my math works, Serena would have already won the Australian Open with her baby by that time, right? No, no, maybe, know. no, maybe not. I don't know, because that would have been pretty cool. You could have been the other female athlete. I'm sure there was a husband, actually, but <laughs> super high-profile female athlete that won a, a major competition with a baby. It's kind of unfair if you think about it. It's like two versus one, but yeah. anyway. Um, so uh, that happened. Congrats to Otto, because he's here now, and that's all that matters, and you seem yeah. pretty excited about it, so it worked out. Yeah. Um, what uh, Then, I guess, getting back into the swing of things, like what has this last year been, and like how – difficult or easy has it been to just really like get right back into it yeah so I made sure throughout pregnancy I just didn't stop moving um I did have to cut down on I couldn't do pull-ups um that was hard because you couldn't or didn't want to so my or you shouldn't I I guess I didn't want my core to separate anymore um I forget what it's called it's called like DR or something but uh, like if I did pull-ups and my core like separate um, that sounds like it, it wouldn't want. be great. But, no, I'm good. Thank you. But yeah. I'm sure, I'll put but, it in the show notes, though. I'll put yeah. the Wikipedia article <laughs> in the show notes for everybody to listen to. <laughs> and I obviously couldn't do core. And then I kept doing some leg stuff. And then afterwards, I had to like take a few months off to, <laughs> after uh, birth. Jeez. And, yeah. Dang it. <laughs> so getting back into things is is crazy because I was like experiencing things that I help others with like like no knowing that I was actually able to know why people couldn't do some things I tell them to do as a trainer like me giving them this exercise and I'm like why can't you do this but now I understand because I'm at this like ground zero starting point it's like ah I understand why they couldn't do this now (laughs) like my wheat my core is really weak I understand now (laughs) so Starting from with like weak core and not being able to like struggling through five pull-ups was really humbling for me and but it was exciting at the same time to understand my body more and, and get back into being uh, fit. Yes, very fit to say the least. Um, and that makes sense. I mean, again, you were an athlete from the time it sounds like you know it's from a very young age so you were just always constantly yeah. moving and then once you got into high school yeah. it was like hey you're probably gonna go to college for this so you just really never stop um yeah. I stopped so yeah <laughs> um but it definitely it, it makes sense and it's kind of cool to then I guess be humbled a little bit and then also just be yeah. able to like as you said understand sure. where other people are coming from it's like oh you need to do yeah. sit-ups like we figured it out yeah. that's why you can't do this because you can't do sit-ups <laughs> so congratulations you have another workout to do um but no I think that that's pretty cool and I mean again it, it worked out so that is great so what for you what has this last year like how how hard have you ramped up knowing again Tokyo is in less than a year away like what have yeah. you been doing I guess this whole time Otto's been alive um weird way yeah, to ask the question I, right I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Last year, he's been alive. Um, really watching film, understanding 
my weaknesses as a javelin athlete and then mm-hmm. understanding my strengths and how to play on those and communicating with my coach. I have a new coach now. He's actually was a totally 12 teammate of mine um, in the hammer throw, K-Boy Johnson. So just communicating with him and being on the same page. And then mental game is like, to me, it's like 80% of the whole equation, just learning how to strengthen my mental. And I have these goals and I really put those goals out there because I don't want to just meet the minimum I want to, I want to go big. And that's what I've been focusing on every single day. It's just reading my goal, writing my goal, seeing my goal in the morning, at night, whenever, both times. Um, and, and growing on that, just in that I'm, I'm really visual with it all. Um, seeing myself going through those motions and seeing myself have a good, like hitting good positions and, and just really dreaming about those right now, because I'm not, we're not throwing yet. I'm just in fall conditioning. So I'm like, can't wait to get out there and, and work on like all this st- stuff I've been watching and thinking about so much. So that is awesome. That's why, why, why are you in fall conditioning now? Cause fall's not for another like couple of days. And why can't you throw a javelin in the summer out of curiosity? I mean, I'm on a program. So okay. my program started September 1st okay. and yeah. So, okay program started i do it do what it says yeah no 100 percent. as you should again your coach is your coach for a reason i'm legitimately yeah, just kind of yeah. curious you don't, um, you don't want to throw all year you'll yeah you'll, i guess that's shoulder and your elbows elbow, and, yeah. shoulder yeah that makes sense i guess Tommy Johns. Yeah. oh no yeah i'm a big baseball fan so i've seen yeah. a lot about that um very unfortunate yeah. so what what does the path look like um to the 2020 games through javelin like what yeah. what's what do you need to do how do you need as we already asked what the olympic standard was you'll get there i'm very confident yeah. in that um but like what what are the competitions along the way and where are those earmarks and how do you then qualify for olympic trials to be even able yeah. to make it to the games yeah so i can from here on out if i throw 54 meters i'm good to go to the trials and then 6150 is the standard I need to go to the like go to the Olympics yeah. mm-hmm. so from here I'm training until March March is my first um, scheduled track meet and then March through May are essentially my my schedule for throwing mm-hmm. and then June 19th are the start of the Olympic trials very cool so we want to hit those standards yeah. As soon as possible. Really? Yeah. And then how many people get to go and travel in? Oh, let's see. I feel like they usually feel fill the field with twenty something athletes. I I don't remember. Yeah. I remember there are forty girls at the Olympics in the heptathlon. That's pretty cool. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. But how many like but, Team USA? Yeah, only like twenty something. Well, twenty yeah, twenty from around 20 the world. Something. Oh. No, 20-something U.S. athletes at trials in each event. Okay. And then how many go to the games? Top three? Three. Three, yeah. All right. We know what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Oh. yeah, that's true. Yeah, then we know what you need to do. Just, I guess, go do it. What are you doing wasting your time talking to me for? I don't get it. No. Yeah, bye. (laughs) See ya. All right. No, sincerely, Shante, (laughs) this was fantastic. The last question I just have for you – and I told you about it right before we came on, um, life after sport. Um, that's 
pretty important to me. I have a lot of friends that are going and, you know, went through this, but then I also have, I know a lot of people that are trying to help a lot of athletes through this part of their life because you've been doing something for so long and whether that be soccer or, you know, track and field or now throwing javelin, you've been consistently an athlete for however many years. We tried to do math earlier and it didn't work, so I'm not going to try it now. Um, what's, what's that life after? Obviously, we already brought up the education portion. doesn't sound like you're going to do that. Don't really blame you. Um, what, do you have any ideas of things that you would want to do after uh, after the fact or any other things that you're trying to get into to kind of continue that spirit? of the games, I guess. Um, I, I really enjoy helping others. So it's a matter of finding out what I can do around that. I want people to, I really like encouraging people to move and have a healthy lifestyle with their eating habits. And mm-hmm. then I enjoy like coaching too. It's, I've had the opportunity to help people in track and field and mm-hmm. it's fun to watch that, that info I give them click with them. Mm-hmm. If it's not that day or, over a week or whatnot just like that's really fulfilling so I don't know if I'll be a coach it'd be I guess it'd be cool to be a coach like my coach was where he's just specifically training people who come to him for that event but I couldn't be a collegiate coach because that's like travel 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 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I do want to have a bigger family someday so that's in the future and then I'll know I'll be moving as well and yes might do something with the military maybe helping out so I, I don't know, but wellness, health and mm-hmm. wellness and helping people. Kind of makes sense. Again, yeah. where you're coming from, uh, it's something that you've always pretty much done your whole life. So yeah. take advantage of the knowledge if you enjoy it. Shoot. Sounds yeah. like you hit the jackpot, Shantae. Yeah. Sounds like you hit the jackpot. Awesome. All right. One last time, Shantae McMillan, USA Track and Field 2012 Olympian, 2020 Olympian, question mark, most yeah. likely. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm on board. Shantae, sincerely, sincerely appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Our Athletes with Shantae. As I said, super interesting, very cool to listen to where she was, how she got into heptathlon, obviously, um, and now what she's doing now with Javelin after being, you know, having a having a child, being on the body issue, which is just absolutely incredible and learning a little bit more about that. Very grateful I had the opportunity to speak with her. All of her socials, please follow her, are in the show notes. Everything about us is in the show notes as well, at ourathletes.us on Instagram, at ourathletesusa on Twitter, and at michael at ourathletes.us for feedback on the emails so please give me some of that and uh please make sure you rate this show five stars on your podcast app of choice that really helps us with all of these um views and we get more people to listen we've had upwards of fifteen thousand people listen to the show at this point which i'm extremely grateful for but these stories are way too good um and i think more and more people need to listen to them so thank you all so much and i make sure and make sure you have a wonderful day (laughs) 